You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Have a good day. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Welcome to Fairy Tale Mysteries, classic tales told in a whole new way, featuring Detective Betsy Hardup, the toughest private eye in Fairy Tale City. When fairy tale and nursery rhyme characters can't take their problems to the police, they come to her. There is a fog rolling in on the city. You feel a shiver of danger blowing on the breeze, and the stories that it tells aren't pretty. They're gritty, no pity but witty. They're the fairy tale mysteries. Our last episode left Betsy feeling a little flat, but not as flat as she could have been. After narrowly avoiding being squashed by a falling anvil, Betsy had an even bigger shock. Her ex-husband, the prince, has shown up on the scene. I watched Ivan get out of his car and start delegating. He was always good at that. Those cop cars were like the Pied Piper, pulling a crowd behind him. People were starting to shove, trying to get a better view of the scene. Please move back. This is a crime scene. You need to clear this area. Excuse me, boss? Yes, Officer Croissant. Sacre bleu, my ears. Sorry, Croissant. What is it? Crumpet and I have searched the area, and we can find nobody. What do you mean, nobody? There's a whole crowd right there. That is not what I meant. Well, speak plainly, man. Uh, sorry, boss. He didn't mean we didn't find anybody. He meant we didn't find any body, like a deceased person. Ah, I see. The phone call clearly said that someone had been killed by a falling anvil. Dead people don't just get up and walk away. Who was killed? That would be me. Who? Ella, what are you doing here? It's Betsy, and I was doing my job just like you. You got a call saying someone was killed? A few minutes ago. What happened? Are you okay? I'm fine. The anvil missed by a good two or three inches. Inches? You could have been killed. Why do you insist on doing this kind of work? Look, we have been over this a dozen times. I can't do my job if I'm wrapped up in the system. I will not be just another cop, okay? No offense, Croissant. Let's try and focus on the present and keep it professional. Okay, Ivan? Uh, Chief? But, but I, I... Fine. Croissant, check the crowd for witnesses. See if anybody saw anything that can help. Oui, monsieur, right away. Crumpet, get the photographer to take pictures of that anvil and those markings on the wall. I want this whole plaza documented. Got it? Got it, Chief. I will interrogate the witness. Betsy, step over to my car, please. We sat in the front seat of his fancy cop car while I told him all about my visit with the Wagners and seeing the fox just before the anvil dropped. His lips pressed together as he listened. I'd always liked his mouth. That smile used to light up my whole world. His face had changed since I'd moved out. More lines. 
he had been such a kid when we met. We both were. A lot of things had changed. This looks like a hit. On you. I've told you before, this job is too dangerous for a... For what? A woman? Or for your wife? That's why we're not together anymore. I can't work with you constantly telling me how I can't do my own job. I just need you to realize the hazard... Okay, enough. This is not how I usually interrogate a witness. Good thing, too. Look, I realize that someone just tried to off me. It comes with the territory. It's not even the first time that that's happened. Let's be professional. <clears throat> so, this Wagner lady hired you to help clear her brother for the murder of the witch Delilah Crow? You got it. Turns out the witch was running a charity in town and was planning on putting up a new building. The Gingerbread Halfway House. Yeah, I heard about that. The whole thing looks pretty fishy. I understand Delilah had some, uh, creative ways to raise money. I heard that too. Something about blackmail. And maybe something else, too. We've been looking into her good work. She didn't so much raise funds as she fleeced them. We've never been able to pin anything on her, though. Her marks all stay mum and call it a charitable donation. That's one way to make a loss look better. If I crapped out too often, I'd love to call it given to the poor. So you have evidence that she ran a floating craps game? Not exactly evidence, but a few artifacts that strongly implicate Delilah's methods of financial accrual. Financial accrual? You've changed how you speak. I'm not sure if that's a good thing. Hey, a gal on her own has to learn how to get by, you know? You don't have to be on your own. I know we've talked before, but I wonder if you would like to go have a drink with me sometime. Kind of a fresh start, get to know each other again. Look, my life is pretty complicated right now. Between working on cases and making ends meet, I don't have a lot of time to start something new. Or old. Is there someone else? Is that it? No, no, uh, well, not really. I knew it. One day, Ella, I mean, Betsy, you're going to realize that you and I had a good thing and you walked away from it. It might not be today and it might not be tomorrow, but it'll be soon and for the rest of your life. Spare me the old movie dialogue, okay? I promise you there is no new man in my life. Look, I appreciate the offer, but like I said, I'm too busy right now. Maybe another time? All right, a rain check. Sorry if I'm coming on too strong. I do miss you. Keeping it professional, remember? I'll let you know when I'm free for that drink. Meanwhile, I got a job to do. And so do you. Chief, uh, that reporter just showed up. Wants a statement from you. Great. Now I have to go blow smoke. I thought you quit smoking, boss. It's a figure of speech, Crumpet. It means I have to tell this reporter guy a story that won't make the department look bad. Say, why don't I talk to the reporter? Run a little interference for you. Would you? That'd be swell. I've got to get back to this investigation. Thanks, uh, Betsy. Keep your nose clean. Sure, sure. Talk to you soon? Uh, maybe. Right this way, sir. Betsy, this is J.W. Grimm from Fairytale City News. J.W. Grimm, Fairytale City News. I got that. Betsy Hardup, Private Dick. Pleased to meet you. My card. Can you tell me what happened here? Yes, I can, but before I do, I have some questions for you. And here's my card. That's a little unusual, but go ahead. This reporter will do anything for a story. Have you been looking into the death of Delilah Crow? Not too deeply. The death of a witch is seen by the public as a good thing, usually. Bad news sells more papers. I'm pretty sure there's bad news in there, if you dig a little deeper. This reporter is intrigued. Anything specific? 
Try checking into her fundraising methods, particularly how she convinced her donors to get on board. Fundraising, check. Thanks, Miss Hardup. Just Betsy, please. And if you turn up anything interesting about her death, I'd appreciate it if you could keep me informed. Information is my business. Now, about that anvil. I told him about how I wound up between an anvil and a hard place. He took notes and then ran off to interview a couple of bystanders. I didn't mention that the only people who knew I would be there were the Wagners. I finished the last of my pumpkin pie as I sat looking out at Wee Willy Winky Plaza. It was a nice little cafe, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Brew. It had good coffee and some great desserts. But that's not why I was here. I was here because it offered a perfect view of the front door to the Wagner's apartment building. I thought it was time I learned a little bit more about my clients. I listened to the chat around me. We could have gone to the seafood place. Did you find something you like? Here's something called Kaiser salad. What's that? Let's see. Oh, you mean Caesar salad. It's good. Sorry, I'm new to all this food. Don't be sorry. I love sharing the town with you. I just want to be a part of your world. The couple beside me sounded like newlyweds. It took me back to when Ivan and I had just gotten circled. I'd had a lot to learn, and he was so happy to show me. Those were the good old days. Of course, the bloom soon came off the rose, and life became routine. And that's when I started to look around and notice a few things. Like his work took up more and more of his time and energy. I tried to get involved, but he kept pushing me away. The more I looked, the more he covered up. I kept asking myself, what did he have to hide? And then a crime wave hit town. A white-collar crime wave. Embezzlement and fraud went way up with no change to muggins and robberies. I had some ideas about how to catch the culprits, but Ivan wouldn't hear it. He wanted me at home, in the kitchen, keeping house. Well, I'd had enough of that. I wanted to do something to help my city. I spoke to someone I trusted who suggested that maybe the prince was part of the problem. I could never look at Ivan the same way after that. It wasn't long until we drifted apart. I moved out and hung out my shingle as a dick. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I saw the door of the apartment building open and Hansel and Gretel hit the street. I dropped two bits on the counter and headed for the door. Unfortunately, the Wagners had crossed into the center of the plaza. If I got any closer, they'd make me for sure. Fortunately, I had a secret weapon I could use for a situation exactly like this one. Hiya, Betsy. Hey, Avery. Good timing. Thanks for meeting me. You seen those two people across the street? You mean the blondish and the flutterbum beside her? You bet I see them. That's them. I need you to follow them. Right. No, 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 come back! Come. I didn't finish. Whoops. Sorry. What else? You can't let them see you. Right. And you have to come back and tell me what you see. Got it? Got it! Okay, go. Now? Yes, now! Okay, okay. Sheesh, you don't have to be so cranky. I'm going. I watched Avery flap off across the road. I followed along a block or so behind them. We continued north on Hey Diddle Diddle Boulevard. Hansel was moving slowly and looked pretty rough. Must be the effects of that late night. He and Gretel kept to the same side of the street for two more blocks and then crossed over. I stepped into a doorway to stay out of sight, keeping an eye on them and the reflection of the shop door window. They'd gone into a little restaurant called the Ugly Dumpling. They were probably having a late breakfast. Very late. It was 4.30 in the afternoon. 
I decided to wait in the store on my side of the street. I could keep out of sight and still watch for them through the display window. I headed in to Rip Van Winkle's mattress and sleep shop. No sooner had I gotten to the window that I saw Hansel and Gretel come out of the ugly dumpling. That was less than five minutes. They must be quick eaters. I gave them a minute or two and then headed back to the street. Hey, Betsy! Hey! Hey, Betsy! What? Avery! Look, you can't yell at me like that. We're supposed to be doing this undercover. Oh, right. Hey, Betsy! Betsy! What is it, Avery? Did you see something? That's what I wanted to tell you. Really? Okay, tell me. Nothing! They didn't do nothing! That's what you wanted to tell me? Well, it looked like they were going into Greasy Spoon for something to eat, right? Right. So I followed as close as I could, you know, so I could hear if they said anything. And not I want you to know so I could snap up any food they dropped. That's very reassuring. So, what did they do? Well, they didn't order any food, that's for sure. I was very disappointed. They talked to the man behind the counter for a minute, then he gave them something and they left. Did you see what he gave them? Nope. Wasn't food, though, because Gretel put it in her purse. That would have been messy. Okay. Let's get back at it. Don't want to lose them. Right. Be back later. Avery flew off to provide her bird's eye view while I blended in with the crowd. I could tell where Hansel and Gretel were headed by watching Avery's path in the sky. A few minutes later, I saw Avery change course and go west along Contrary Street, headed towards the waterfront. By taking a shortcut through Sixpence Lane, I managed to catch up again. I almost blew it when I turned the corner to see Hansel and Gretel right in front of me. I did an about-face into a shop doorway. Was ist los? There was someone behind us. There is no one. Ach, you are still hungover from last night. Come along. They crossed the street a block ahead of me and disappeared into a tiny seafood restaurant called Peter Prawn. This time I stayed well back so there was no chance of being spotted. When they came out a few minutes later, Hansel looked a lot brighter. The hangover must have worn off. He favored his right hand a bit, rubbing his knuckles and his wrist. He handed his sister an envelope, which she put into her purse. That must have been what Avery saw them get from the ugly dumpling. An envelope. But what was inside? I followed them to a seedier part of town, Stromboli. They walked into the second store to the right, Robin Hood's Sporting Goods. I found a place on the sidewalk where I could see without being seen. Gretel approached a man behind the counter, probably Robin Hood. He was dressed all in green with a feather in his cap. I couldn't see Gretel's face, but I could see his, and it went red with rage. He folded his arms across his chest and shook his head defiantly. Gretel leaned over the counter and grabbed him by the shirt front, actually lifting him off his feet, and then shoved him back against the wall. Robin scrambled off the floor and reached under the counter, taking out an envelope. Hansel took it and looked inside. Gretel said something I couldn't hear, and Robin nodded his head rapidly and then made a cross sign over his heart. They left the store and I stood, frozen in my spot, not knowing what to think. I wanted to ask Robin what had happened, but before I could get to the door, he locked it. I knocked and waved, but he pointed at a clothes sign he'd put in the window and shook his head. Closing early today, it seemed. And it wasn't even five o'clock yet. Hiya, Betsy. See, I made Cron undercover this time, like you said. Sure, sure, Avery. Did you see something this time, or is still nothing? I saw something, but I can't tell you what it is. Why not? Did someone try and shut you up? Did they threaten you because I promise you that you will be safe working with me? I won't let anyone hurt you if you tell me what you saw. No, I can't tell you because Hansel and Greta are going that way really fast, and if we stop to talk, we're going to lose them. Oh, right. Okay, let's go then. But thanks, Betsy. 
You're a stand-up guy, even if you're not a guy. Over the next half hour, a pattern emerged. Hansel and Gretel would go into a shop or a restaurant, stay a few minutes, and then come out with an envelope that Gretel would slide into her increasingly bulging purse. Sometimes, Hansel would rub his knuckles. Around 5.30, the two headed towards the waterfront. Avery and I watched from behind some trees in Black Sheep Park as Hansel and Gretel crossed the bridge over the Moomin River. It was the junction between Stromboli and another neighborhood called Neverland. It was called that because you never wanted to go there. They're just standing on the bridge. Looks like they're waiting for someone. Look, a troll's coming out from under the bridge. You were right. Uh-oh, they're in trouble now, I bet. That troll's gonna gobble them up. Ah, oh, Grendelson, my old friend. So good to see you. No goblin here today, it seems. They're all in cahoots. Cahoots? I thought we were in Neverland. It's a figure of speech, Avery. It means they're working together. See? Gretel's given the troll all the envelopes. Let's just sit tight while they finish up and leave. You can tell me what else you saw. Sure. Let's see. I saw my cousin Sammy Bluejay. He's not really my cousin, but I've known him since I was an egg, and I saw some geese fly by. I meant what you saw Hansel and Gretel do. Oh, them. Well, I saw Hansel give a guy a knuckle sandwich. Everything's food with you, Avery. And where was this? At that restaurant. He grabbed the guy by the shirt and then punched him. Twice. After the guy got up, he gave Gretel an envelope. Then she patted the guy on the head and walked out of the store. They're both in it for sure. Thanks, Avery. You've been a big help. I have? That's great, because I'm not very big, so I'm glad I could help. Me too, Avery. Oh, say hi to the guys for me. See you later, Betsy. I watched Avery flap away into the evening sky, and then headed back to my office. I had some thinking to do. I could have headed back to my pad, but the office seemed like the best place to do this. I sat down at my desk, leaned back, and stared at the ceiling, and thought about Gretel. What did I really know about her? She was kind and took care of her brother. She had a lot of great qualities. She was gorgeous, and I think she liked me too. And she had those magic fingers. I had started to fall for her. Except today, I had seen Gretel use those fingers to yank a guy over a counter and then fling him against a wall. What kind of a person was Gretel Wagner, really? Exactly how wrong had I been? Betsy hard up, Private Dick. Yes, I remember you from the plaza, Mr. Grimm. What can I do for you? Normally, I wouldn't spill any of my clients' personal info, but since Gretel Wagner never signed a contract with me, I'll make an exception in this case. I can tell you that she came to me looking to find evidence that her brother had killed the witch in self-defense. Is that a fact? You're not handing me a line here, are you? Sure, sure. I understand that you hold your journalistic integrity very highly. No offense, Mr. Grimm. J.W., then. If what you're telling me is true, J.W., this blows the case wide open. Can you come to my office at 10 tomorrow morning? I think you and your readers will find it worth your while. <laughs> Great. See you then. I sat back to consider this new information. 
It gave me what I needed to solve this case. It also showed me what a fool I'd been. What I thought was a wonderful new chapter in my life turned out to be nothing more than a snow job, put together by a beautiful shuckster. It hurt, but I had to face facts. Gretel and I would never be together. At least, not for ten to fifteen years, with time off for good behavior. I needed to make a few phone calls before it got too late. And the first one was to the Fairytale City Police Station. I checked the clock on my office wall, just before 10. Crumpet and Croissant would be here in a couple of minutes. It had taken some fast talk on my part to get them to come on board, but the temptation to get two for the price of one was irresistible. If they wanted to get off the park beat, this was a great way to impress the prince. I tried to relax as I watched the street through my window, playing nervously with my window blind. Any minute now. Jumpin' Jack be nimp- <clears throat> Come in. J.W. Grimm, Fairytale City News. Good to see you, J.W. You got that coroner's report? Right here. You want it on the desk? No, you hang on to it for now, but keep it handy. And safe. Right. Morning, Betsy. We are here as requested. Morning, croissant. Crumpet. This is J.W. J.W. Grimm, Fairytale City News. Good to see you again, officers. All right, you've met. We have. Uh, Grim here's been snooping around us for yonks now. Uh, what exactly do you want us to do, uh, Madam Betsy? I need you to keep an eye on Hansel and Gretel, just in case things go south. The others will be fine. Uh, except maybe the witch? She's kind of unpredictable. Same old, same old, eh, Betsy? We provide the muscle for your shenanigans? I'll get that. Hello? Over here! Is this hallway safe? How did you knock on my door from way over there? Oh, I can throw my shoes very accurately. Now, give them back to me. You can't be too careful. I guess not. Thanks for coming. I... <coughs> and, oh, here are your kicks. I guess anyone who steals those would regret it, too. Good to see you survived that anvil. I thought you would. You knew that was the disaster? How? As I mentioned before, my charts are powerful, mystical oracles. Also, I listen to the news on the radio. Camilla Crow, this is Officer. My charts have told me all I need to know. I will sit here, in your new client chair. You should sit in the... Sure, the client chair. How did you know that it was... You know what? Never mind. Hello? Who's there? Camilla, are you pulling some kind of a gag here? Ahem. Oh, hello, Billy and Barty. Sorry, I didn't see you guys there. Story of our lives. Welcome to my office. This is Officers Crumpet and Croissant, Delilah's sister Camilla, and... J.W. Grimm, Fairytale City News. Yeah. It's a little crowded in here. Good thing we don't take up much room. Hey, big fella. We? Give us a lift up on the file cabinet, will you? Good idea, Billy. That'll give us a good view and keep us out from underfoot. Avec plaisir, mes petits amis. This is great. Nice place you got here, Betsy. Bit small, though. I hope you don't have too many more coming. Just a couple. That'll be them now, I expect. <laughs> 
Ah, Betsy! Hello, Gretel. Uh, it's so good of you to invite us to your office. You said you had information to clear Hensel? Not exactly. I said I had information that would clear up the case. Important difference. Yeah, that is so. Perhaps we should come back at another time. You remember officers Crumpet and Croissant, don't you, Hansel? As someone out on bail, you probably shouldn't be leaving a meeting the police called you to attend. Both of you, come in. Oh, it's a little crowded. Let me just squeeze in over next to you. Hey, watch where you put that thing. Uh, a thousand pardons, mademoiselle. Le let me adjust my nightstick. <clears throat> I will stay by the door, if it's all the same to you. You do that, Blondie. Think Croissant and I will make a little room in here and wait outside. Just outside. Coming through. So don't go Come getting any ideas about legging it, all right? Yeah. Yeah. Follow me. Watch, watch, I think we're all here now. This case has been like a big jigsaw puzzle. Sometimes I felt like calling in all the king's horses and all the king's men to help me put it together. Now, I think I see what's really going on. Hansel, I believe you when you say you didn't mean to kill Delilah Crow. Yeah, yeah, I did say that. But it sure wasn't self-defense. You were at the gingerbread cottage to collect money from Delilah Crow, but she didn't want to pay. So you had to rough her up a bit, didn't you? Betsy, what are you saying? We were hiking in the woods. The witch tried to kill us. Please believe me. Please. Sorry, Toots. I'm not falling for it. This time. But, but... Because you're not innocent hikers, are you? You're the muscle for the mob. <gasps> See, we knew that Delilah was blackmailing citizens to raise money for a charity. But I found some dice and a mat in Delilah's drawers. <gasps> no, 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 not those drawers. Her kitchen drawers. Get your minds out of the gutter. Anyway, it got me thinking about who runs the gambling in Fairytale City. Blackmail wouldn't have bothered the wolf, but I figured that a floating craps game would have stepped on a few important toes. Isn't that why you were at the witch's cottage? To collect your boss's cut of the take? What nonsense! Besides, this is only your imagination, Betsy. You are making all of this up. I only wish I was, sweetheart. See, I followed you yesterday. Impossible! We did not see you at all. Not when we made the pickups in Stromboli, or when we made the drop to the troll. I will shut up now. No, you didn't see us, but we saw you. We saw you, Hansel, punch the man at the seafood place, and you, Gretel, take the payoffs from the businesses. And drag a man across a counter with your bare hands. We're witnesses to your crimes. Crimes including... <clears throat> croissant... Monsieur and Mademoiselle Wagner face charges of extortion, assault, aggravated assault, assault causing bodily harm. Merci, Croissant. What we didn't see was the crime at the gingerbread house. Exactly! We are the only ones who know what really happened. Oh! <clears throat> Sorry, brother. Unfortunately for you two, no witnesses doesn't mean no evidence. When I went to the gingerbread house, I found it laid out mostly as Gretel described. Except for one thing. Where was all the blood? But there was blood. The witches! Little spatters here and there, but not a pool like there would have been if the witch had died of stab wounds. Hansel, you told me that you had stabbed the witch in self-defense when she attacked your sister. 
Yeah, yeah, as I told you, I had no choice but to stop at the deficit on knife. Then J.W. here gave me a copy of the coroner's report. It says that the stab wounds were definitely post-mortem. Is this more lingo? It means the victim was already dead when the body was stabbed, which explains the blood spatters. The actual cause of death is listed as blunt force trauma. What? This is ridiculous. How could a play cause someone to die? If the acting was particularly bad, one might feel sick, but die? Impossible. Not drama, trauma. Delilah Crow was beaten to death. The knife wounds were to cover up the real cause, and to make it look like self-defense. You must have been desperate. You couldn't go back to your boss without his cut of the take, could you? Did you find the... what did you call it there, Hansel? A small, gray lockbox? But I told you, Betsy, we saw no such thing. And this nonsense about the knife is simply not true. Hansel stabbed the witch to save my life. Right, Hansel? I gotta hand it to you, toots. You sure do stick to your story. I'll tell you what, Hansel. You can tell me what really happened, or the officers here can take you back to the lockup where you can chat with Officer Boots. <gasps> the cat? Sure. Right now, he's trying to help a few kittens locate the missing mittens. And he's questioning that cat and the owl who stole the pea-green boat. But I'm sure that he can make room for you. <gasps> the mere sight of it is making me sneeze. Stop! Stop! Anything but that! It's true. You're right, Betsy. I didn't mean to kill the witch. But she wouldn't pay us. I kept hitting her until something snapped. In your mind? In her neck. But the stabbing was Gretel's idea. Once we saw the witch was dead, Gretel came up with a plan to claim self-defense. It was her fault. If you had been able to control yourself, we wouldn't be in this mess. And we have a confession. J.W., you get all that down? This reporter knows shorthand. I'm sorry it had to end this way, Gretel. I couldn't stop thinking about you. Thought you were the cat's pajamas. <gasps> sorry about that, Hansel. Then I remembered what you said about the abyss looking back into me. But Camilla here said almost the same thing about death. Remember, Camilla? Nope. Don't remember that at all. I focus on the future, not the past. But keep going. This is getting interesting. Okay. It got me thinking that maybe Gretel here was using magic too. And as soon as I realized that, I could see you for what you really are, Gretel. A beautiful apple with a rotten core. Oh, Betsy, you have to believe that I like you very much. But I needed to clear my brother, so I used a little magical insurance, just to be certain. I don't have to believe a thing, Toots. And as I recall, magic can only be used in Fairy Tale City by... Witches, good and bad, fairies, godmothers, and otherwise, genies, giant elves, certain, uh, how do you say, fish? Thanks, croissant. Point is, you need a license. And according to my new friend here... This reporter has found no record of a magic license issued to Gretel Wagner. Gretel, you're looking at charges of illegal magic use and accessory to murder. Hansel will probably be charged with third-degree murder at least. Right, Croissant? Uh, if it can be proven that he knew his actions would result in death, the charge may be raised to murder in the second degree. Merci again, Croissant. It might go better for you if you tell me where you hid Delilah's dough. We know nothing. Oh, you must have it. Nobody else does, and we know she was going to make the down payment for the halfway house. Right, Barty? You got it, Betsy. 
at three this afternoon. We know nothing about this money. Does your boss know you're holding out on him? That big bad wolf is a scary customer. I wouldn't be aching for a breaking with him. <laughs> ha! You think he is in charge? Perhaps you don't have all the answers after all, detective. Ow! Will you stop? Hensel, stumm! I'm telling mother! They started pushing and slapping each other. Yep, they were definitely brother and sister. You always tattle on me! All right, break it up, you two! <laughs> now I have you. It had all been a ruse to distract me. Hansel grabbed me from behind and put his hand over my mouth so I couldn't call for the cops. He was a lot bigger than me, but he made the mistake of letting me get my feet on the ground. I pushed upward, cracking my head into his. Then I swept his feet from under him and flipped him over my shoulder in a classic self-defense move. Right into my window blind. No, for crying out loud! Freeze! For a moment, nobody moved. We couldn't. Whoops! Hang on. Spread that one a little too wide. Unfreeze Betsy, the reporter, and the two little guys. Thanks, Camilla. I knew those two would try something sneaky, so I prepared my frozen spell just in case. Learned it years ago back in Arendelle. Didn't mean to get you caught up in it as well. Crumpet, croissant, you've got some baggage to take downtown. We cannot move our feet from the floor. Whoops again. <laughs> Unfreeze the cops. That's a switch for them, I bet. I hope you have a license for that spell. Got it right here, all signed and proper. Unfreeze all. All right then. Come on, Blondie. And even Blunder Blondie, you're coming with us. Oh, Betsy, please help me. I will do anything you want. Anything? I mean, uh, anything? Fine. Tell me what else you did for the mob. Do either of you know how to operate an industrial mixer? Or roast a pig, maybe? What are you talking about? We had nothing to do with anything like that. Besides, the verb to curve that himself. Hansel, don't let them take us away, Betsy. I can change. For you, I will change. I wish I could believe you, sweetheart. I really do. But it's too late now. Time for you to go. Thanks for the scoop, Betsy. The cops have offered a ride downtown. This reporter has more questions. Take care, J.W. You know what they say, curiosity killed the cat. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Billy and Barty. Looks like the money is still out of reach. Ahem. Oh, sorry, a figure of speech. I've no idea where it is. Oh, it's in Hansel and Gretel's apartment. Under the sofa. The floorboard next to the back left foot flips up. What? I told you, my charts show all. Delilah used a protective charm on her money, as if that would stop fate. A charm? Then how are we going to open it? You'll need a particularly talented and experienced witch to crack this one. Like you, maybe. Me? Nice try. You know my rule. I don't help people. Well, that puts the kibosh on the new digs. We're very unhappy munchkins. We might need to sing a sad song again. Wait, you're munchkins? Not people. 
Interesting. Does that mean you'll help us? Well, yesterday my chart told me I would be doing something unexpected. I can't deny fate. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, don't thank me. Thank the planets for being so helpful. Uranus was particularly important. Whatever works for you. Now, this is going to be tricky. We need a search warrant for the Wagner's place. I told you I was going by the fates, not the book. Munchkins, come with me to Wee Willy Winky Plaza and we'll get this show on the road. Wait, how did you know where they... Never mind. Off you go then. Good luck. When they'd all gone, I sat down at my desk and looked at my empty office. A wave of sadness rolled over me. I was on my own, again, with a broken window blind. Again. Even the satisfaction of solving a big case didn't help. I knew Gretel was bad news, but I couldn't help but feel sorry about how things had ended. She'd said she really liked me. I didn't believe her, but the words stayed in my mind. I made a decision and picked up the phone. I was probably making a mistake, but hey, a girl's got to take a chance once in a while, you know? Operator? Ring me Charmington 1697. Hey, it's me. You know what? I, uh, I will take you up on that drink. Shall we say Saturday? At the haystack? So ends the case of the witch hunt. Betsy's greatest success so far. With her experience connections, powers of observation, and just plain brain power, she solved the case and helped a lot of people. But most important of all, she's got a date on Saturday. Will this be the beginning of a new romance between her and Prince Ivan? <laughs> I certainly hope so, and I'm sure you do too. Maybe this time they will live happily ever after. This marks the end of our first season of Fairy Tale Mysteries. It took 21 actors and a production team of 14, 35 in all, to bring this to you, our listeners. It's been a great adventure for all of us, and it seems, by the stats, like you have enjoyed us too, both here at home and around the world. Fear not, we will be back in the fall with season two and another eight episodes of the fairy tale mysteries with To Tell the Truth. Remember, this is not your usual happily ever after. All of us would like to say, Thank you for listening! See you next season! Woo! A Witch Hunt Part 3 was performed by Franny Warwick as Betsy Hardup, Tammy Tice as Gretel, James Hudson as Hansel, Maddie Hodgins as Avery Bluebird, Norma Rushton as Camilla Crow, Mike Balzer as J.W. Grimm, Sophie Campbell as Munchkin Billy and Ariel, Samantha Black is Munchkin Barty. Samantha Andrews is Officer Crumpet. Jeff Christensen is Officer Croissant. Dan Wilhelm is Prince Ivan Charming and Eric. Aaron Mulcahy as Patty Cakes. Hello, I'm your announcer, Christopher Hall. A Witch Hunt Part 3 was written by Jake Hildebrand, Mike Balzer, and Hannah Christensen, based on a concept by Alex Balzer. Additional material by Rosie Forst. Directed by Mike Balzer. Music by Timothy Tucker. Vocals by Chelsea Rose. Sound effects and folly by Chris Cutris. Costumes? Oh yes, we do have costumes and radio. 
and they're by Linda O'Donovan and Chris Roberts. Fairytale Mysteries is produced by James T. Nelson. Fairytale Mysteries is a COVID fund project from the Fraser Valley Gilbert and Sullivan Society. All rights reserved. Thank you for listening to the Saturday Story Circle right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual Feeds, including Monday Matinee for classic live and theatrical audio plays, Tuesday Terrors for horror audio drama, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Thursday Thrillers for action, adventure, mystery, and crime drama, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, and Sunday Showcase, bringing you the very newest in audio releases from the week from our United Artists of Audio right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.